Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do give you great thanks for this morning, Lord. What a great privilege it is to be here. Uh, A great chance to uh, spend time singing, uh, praying, Lord, to be listening to your word, uh, to be thinking about what you have to say to us. And we pray, Lord, that as we look at your word this morning, we'll think about how your words impact our words. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as Dale said, uh, our strongest muscle in our mouth is our tongue, if you didn't know that. That's amazing, isn't it? Uh, I think that's not just because it's able to uh, move things, but also because of the power that it has in it. Because uh, we do, don't we? We use our words in many, many ways. Do you know that if you added up the amount of words that you, you speak throughout your life, you're actually speaking for one-fifth of your life? You're actually talking for one-fifth of your life. Do you know that uh, they reckon that in one day you can fill up, the average person says enough words to fill up a 50-page book? I reckon I know some people who could fill up a 1,000-page book in one day. They say in one year, if we keep speaking, then you can fill 132 books of 200 pages long with the amount of words that we use. Uh, We use them all the time and they are very powerful. Our words are very powerful. That old saying, sticks and stones will break my bones but names will never hurt me, I think has got to be one of the biggest fallacies that has ever been put out there, isn't it? Uh, The first part is true, Sticks sticks and stones can break our bones but names can hurt us. Words can be used to rip us apart and destroy us. Words are are very powerful things. They can rip us apart, they can build us up, they can do all sorts of things. Words can be very emotional, can't they? People have used words to move people in amazing directions. JFK said, Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. That was powerful, wasn't it, at the time? Martin Luther King said, I have a dream uh, that took that revolution to where it was. Jesus Christ said, it is finished. And all our sin was paid for. Powerful words, aren't they? Powerful words, powerful tools. And God knows this because right back in the very first part of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1, it says that God spoke and he created the world. By his word, this world was created. That's how powerful words are. He knows how powerful they are. He knows the ability that they have and he knows the ability that you and I have to take something that is powerful and destroy things with it. So that's why the Bible's great in that it actually says to us there are good ways to use our words and there are bad ways. There is an opportunity for us to use our words for positive to give life or to give death, as we heard from Dale. And so what we're going to do this morning is have a look at what the Bible has to say to us about how we are to use our words wisely. Wise words. And the book of Proverbs, I think, has got to be one of the greatest books for us to look at about wise words, about how we use our words. You see, the words is probably the second most popular topic throughout the book of Proverbs. The other most popular topic is wisdom itself. But using words is the second biggest one. And it confirms to us that words are powerful with that verse that uh, Dale had for us, Proverbs 18.21. If we click through, Dave, if we click through the the screens. And one more. There we go, Proverbs 18.21. It says, The tongue has the power of life and death. You can almost remember that now, can't you? Off by heart. 
And as Dale says, it does. It has the power of life and death. It has the power to either build up or tear down. It has the power of, to bring us the life about Jesus Christ or not. And in the sense in Proverbs, that whole idea of being built up or being torn down is strong about how words are used. I can remember when I was about 19 and I think at that point in time I was probably playing uh, my best hockey. I was uh, playing in a number of different teams and one of the teams I was playing in was the Tasmania Institute of Sport team. And uh, the coach that I had then was also my state coach. So I had a lot to do with him. But then one, at the end of one game, uh, we went into the sheds at half time and he just ripped me apart. Just aimed at me. Everything that was wrong with the whole game was aimed at me. And no one else in the team got a blast except me. And then for the next couple of weeks that we were together in the team, he kept having a go at me through the whole time. Well, before that game, I reckon I was at the height of my ability. After that, I think I spent about two years where I really struggled with my game. Those words that that bloke used for me were far more detrimental to my game than a broken hand. His words ripped me apart. Our words can either be used to build up or tear down. Our words can either be to, to give life or death. They can uh, come to us, can't they, like a cold blizzard and they can just rip us apart. And sometimes, even after they've gone, they still leave scars with us, don't they? How many of us know of someone who is still holding a grudge about a family member or a person who said something to them two years ago? 10 years ago, maybe even 30 years ago, still holding on to it. Words can destroy, but words can bring life and healing. Click the next one. That's actually Proverbs 15.4 if you're actually taking down verses. I got that wrong. It says, The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. Words that can bring light and life. Can't they? They can do that. Uh, I don't know how many of you have read Charlotte's Web. Or seen the film Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web's about a pig, uh, a, a little pig that uh, is actually going to be taken off to be killed and slaughtered. But they save the little girl, saves the pig, uh, sends off into a little barn house place. And while that pig's there, it's still going to grow up to be to be killed. But in that barn house, Charlotte, I mean the pig, I don't know the pig's name actually. The pig, Wilbur meets Charlotte, who is a spider. And this spider says this. Her aim is to save this pig. And this is what Charlotte says. She says, with the right words, you can save the world. And so what Charlotte does is she builds a web in the corner and then puts words into it. Amazing. And then incredible. And the pig survives. The right words can save the world. God knew this when he sent his word, Jesus, into the world. He sent his word, Jesus, to become flesh to save us. In John 1.1 1, 1 it says this, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And it goes on, The word became flesh and dwelt among us for a while, and we have seen his glory. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in him, he gave the right to become children of God. The right word can save the world. And that right word is Jesus. He is God's word who became flesh for you and I to give his life for a ransom for us so that we could live, so that we could become sons and daughters of God. 
and we are to take those words of life and share them as Dale said in his talk. We are to take the words that we have and take life to the world around us. Words are powerful. So we need to respect that power. So we need to think before we speak. Proverbs 15.23, this is the right one this time. The tongue that brings healing. Uh, there's one more, it's not up there, sorry. It's this one that says this, A man finds joy in giving an apt reply. And how good is a timely word? We need to think before we speak. We need to put our brain into gear before our tongue hits the accelerator and blurts out what it's got there. Someone said that our tongue is a little red devil behind white pearly gates. We've got to be careful, don't we? So we need to think before we speak. Words are powerful, so we need to think before we speak. And knowing that words are powerful, and knowing that we need to think before we speak, well, what should we say? What sort of words should we use? How should we speak? Well, here Proverbs is so much good material. It helps us think about how we speak. There's lots of stuff. If you go through Proverbs, you'll find amazing little things about how we should speak. But I'm just going to pick up on a few this morning for us to help us. And the first one is it says that we shouldn't speak too much. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19... One more, mate. Beautiful. Where words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. Now that's a tough one when I'm standing up here giving a 25-minute monologue, isn't it? Uh, you've got to be careful with your words. It's true, isn't it? The more we speak, the more chance we have to say something that is either incorrect or exaggerated or hurtful or gossip. The less we say, the less chance we have to say the wrong thing. Now don't get me wrong and don't get Proverbs wrong. It's not saying that we just need to be quiet all the time and not say anything because that would be a waste of time. It does say to speak but it says not to speak too much. We're not to be gas bags. We're not to be people that just can keep talking and talking and talking. Never able to be quiet just going on and on and on. You know those people. I know those people. Some of us are those people who could talk underwater with our mouth full. We'd still do it. And we know those people, don't we, too, because we're the people that when your phone aunt picks up and you look at the phone number, you think, I'm going to let that go through to the answering machine. Or those people, when you pick up the phone and you talk to them, that you actually start talking to them, you put the phone down, you walk away for 10 minutes, and you come back and say, yeah, that's good, isn't it? And they had no idea you'd left. I've got a great-grandmother. Well, I had a great-grandmother who did that. My father... I can say this because none of them are here. My father-in-law, I, when I went first went to his place, uh, for one of the first times I met him, uh, his mother-in-law rang up and he got on the phone and he says, Oh, hi, Jean, how are you? That's great. He set the phone on the thing and he walked away and I'm standing there thinking, What's going on here? And he'd come back every couple of minutes and say, Uh-huh, uh-huh, and he'd walk away again. And he did that for about 20 minutes, just backwards and forwards, and she had no idea that he'd miss. We're not to be those sorts of people. We're not to be those sorts of people who go on and on and on and just listen to our own voices all the time. Because I'm sorry to say that you're not as interesting as you think you are. 
Now, don't get me wrong, you are interesting. But you're not as interesting as you think you are, that you think you can talk all the time. We need to keep our words proportionately. Not just talk on and on and on, but we need to listen more. Proverbs is all about we need to listen as much as we talk. Remember that old saying, I've said it before, you have one mouth and two ears, use them proportionately. We should listen twice as much as we speak. Proverbs 13.3 says this, He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. And Ecclesiastes chapter 3, which is out of Proverbs, but still a, a wisdom literature book, it says, There is a time to speak and a time to be silent. We just need to pray that the Lord gives us wisdom to know which one and which time it is. So we are to think before we speak. And we're not to speak too much. And when we do speak, we're not to gossip. Proverbs hammers gossips. Look at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19. A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid such a person. Proverbs 26, 22 says this. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost parts. How true is that? Just look at our magazines. They are full of gossip. Or a close friend to Angelina said that. Or a mutual friend of Tom and Katie are saying this. All the gossip. And we lap it up. Those magazines are bought by the millions. We love it because it's tasty, because we know the dirt. We think we've got the dirt on someone, so we've got that extra bit of information. And so that we can do what? So that we can feel better about ourselves, so that we can tear someone else down, so that we feel more important because we know something about someone that no one else knows. It's tempting, isn't it? But gossip destroys relationships. Gossip destroys trust. Gossip undermines relationships and it's built on deceit, not love. We need to avoid gossips and we need not to be gossips. We need to stick to talking to people, not about people. We need to stick about talking to people, not about people. That old saying that your mother said and we say to our kids all the time, if you haven't got something good to say about something, then don't say it at all. That's the sentiment of Proverbs, isn't it? If you haven't got something good to say about somebody and you're talking in conversation with them, don't say it at all. So we need to think before we speak. We need to not speak too much. We need to not be gossips. And we also need to speak the truth in love. Look at Proverbs 12, 22. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. A lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. I don't think I really need to convince you that uh, truth and honesty is the best policy, is it? I think we'd all believe that. But I think I do need to encourage you, as I need to encourage myself, is we actually need to put that into practice, that truth and honesty is the best practice. How easy it is to slip just a little bit off the truth. How easy it is just to, you know, exaggerate that truth just a little bit more than what it was. How easy is it sometimes to just give out a blatant lie when you want to cover your tracks about something. 
And then the problem when you do that is, well, then you've got to tra cover your tracks again and then you've got to cover your tracks again and then it becomes a snowball and then you don't know whether you're telling the truth or telling lies, whether it's, you're confused about it. It's soul-destroying, isn't it? And again, it's relationship-ending. Do you notice what all this is about? Relationships. It's about having good, godly relationships with each other. We need to be people who deal in the truth. Not, don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean that you can go around the street everywhere and go and say, well, I want to tell you a few home truths about you. Because your home truths about them may only be your perception and not the truth. But it does mean that we should speak the truth to each other in love. And in love means that we want to see what's best for that person. We want to speak to them in a way that's going to encourage them and build them up and give them life. To aim to see them become all that they can be. You see, God tells us the truth about our position. He tells us that we're sinful human beings who do the wrong thing. We may not like it. We might like to try and justify it, but in the end we can't get away from it. But he does that because he loves us, because he doesn't want to miss us out on the words of life in Jesus. He doesn't want to miss out on the fact that Jesus is the one that will save us. That's truth in love, isn't it? Sometimes it might hurt, but we need to see that our truth in love is so that we grow in Jesus. We need to be thinking before we speak. We need to be careful not to speak too much. We need to make sure we don't gossip. We need to make sure that we're speaking truth in love and we need to remember who's listening. Proverbs 15 verse 3 says this, The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping on the wicked keeping an eye on the wicked and the good. Psalm 139 verse 4 says, Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. God is listening and watching all the time. He's the ultimate big brother. He's not manipulating things just to get TV ratings, but he is out there to try and see you become more godly. He hears everything that you say. He knows everything that you do. And that's why in Proverbs it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because we need to make sure we have him in the picture first. So when we speak the truth, God hears it. When we're tempted to speak untruth, he's there. When we want to encourage people, he's there. When we want to gossip, he's there. When we want to go on and on about ourselves, he is there. When we want to listen and encourage others, he is there. We need to remember that whatever we say, God hears it. Now I reckon if we thought that before we spoke, I don't think we'd have too many problems with our speech, would we? If we just took that one thing and remember God listens to everything that we say. He's in on the conversation. You can't go into a cone of silence where God doesn't hear. You can't walk around the corner where God doesn't hear. He hears everything. How's that? Wise speech. We'll click through them. Think before we speak. Listen more than we speak. Don't listen to gossips and don't gossip. Speak truth in love. 
God hears all our speech. Now you might be saying, well, Paul, that sounds great. Sounds good, but how can I do it? Is it a matter of just being strong-willed? Is it a matter of just putting the right strategies into play? Well, the answer is yes and no. Proverbs gives us some strategies, doesn't it? But it also hits the heart of the problem, which is our heart. God knows that for us to be able to speak wisely, we need to have had a heart change first. Have a look at what Proverbs 16.23 says. A wise man's heart guides his mouth and his lips promote instruction. Listen to what Jesus says. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. To be people who are truly God, who truly love God and truly love each other, then it's not just a matter of putting the strategies in place, it's about getting our heart right with God first. That's what we need. We need to have Jesus who takes control of our lives and gives us his spirit within us who then gives us the strength to speak the words wisely. We need to trust him because he changes us from the inside out so that we're not driven by self but by God himself. How do we do that? We hand our lives over to him. We hand our lives over to the one who died for us. We hand our lives over to Jesus, our King, and he will give us a new heart, a heart that is directed by God and not ourselves, a heart that will enable us to speak wisely, to think first, to not speak too much, to not gossip, to speak truth with love, to speak words that will make God smile. We need a heart transplant. And God gives us that in Jesus. How good is that? Now, I didn't hand this out right at the beginning because I knew that you'd read it if I didn't give it to you. So I'm going to give it to you now. Just to finish off with this morning, I'm going to give you ten suggestions on wise speech. Okay, here we go. Very quickly, just wrap it up. Bring it all together. Ten practical suggestions for wise speech. Uh, The first one is we need to be transformed by prayer and the word. Uh, If we want to know how we should speak, then we need to be speaking to the guy who knows how we should speak, that's God, and we need to be reading his word who tells us how to speak. So we should be transformed by God's word. We need to spend time there. Uh, Number two, we need to move on from the weather. I bet you how many of us will talk about how good the rain is after today. Now, that's nothing wrong with talking about the weather to start off with. That's a common ground. We all experience that, don't we? It's something that we all have. But then it's better to go and actually find out about the person, isn't it? Get to know the person that you're talking to. Ask them some questions about them. Uh, be careful with humour. I put that in just for me. Uh, we've got to be careful with it, don't we? It's a great Aussie thing, humour. And we have a great uh, tradition of being able to rip into each other. But we've got to be careful with it, don't we? There are moments when... Yeah, sure, Al. That's exactly right. He's not here, so but we wouldn't do that. Anyway, <laughs> I'll tell him that we said that here, so he knows that. Um... We've just got to be careful, don't we? Just be careful of how far we take it. Uh, I've been uh, accused of and probably have taken it too far a number of times with some good friends, so you need to be careful. Um, be a true friend. Speak the truth in love. That's what we've talked about before, haven't we? 
Be humble. You are not as interesting as you think you are. Listen. I think that's just a sobering thing, isn't it? Just to remember that we need to listen to other people more. Learn to ask good questions that are open questions. Not questions that just get, yes, how was your day today? Good. You know, ask them questions about, so what did you do today? Uh, what have you been doing this week? What are things that have been happening in your life? What's been changing your life? How, how have things gone this week with the Bible reading with you? How, you know, questions that take more than just a yes, no answer. Listen more than you speak. Speak to people, not about people. Encourage more encouragement. And remember that our, op- op- our ultimate purpose is to see God glorified, to see him praised in how we speak and what we say. Well, I pray, as I've been praying this week and as I've read this and I've been challenged about my speech, about how I speak and what I say, that we've been challenged and we've been encouraged by God's words to see how we can speak wisely as we trust in him, as we seek him, as he changes our hearts so that we are people who have wise speech. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's a, as we've heard, our tongue is a powerful tool. Uh, Lord, it can be used for both good and evil. Lord, but with you, when we put our trust in you, Lord, you change our heart. You give us your spirit. And Lord, you enable us to speak words wisely as we trust in you. Lord, help us to do that this week. Help us to check and put our brain into gear. Help us to think of you first before we speak so that when we do speak, Lord, we're speaking the words you want us to. Wise words, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.